and welcome to this episode of Racing Only Better, ahead of Newmarket's Cambridgeshire meeting uh, and a very good weekend's racing at the Curra as well. We're going to be covering a little bit of Haydock too and I'm joined as always by the boys. Tony Calvin, how are you? Yeah, all good. All good. A few technical problems, but hopefully you're seeing me and hearing me okay. I am, thank goodness. Oh, I'd and like to see you. I don't really want to look at you. but <laughs> uh, Dan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, I'm good with plenty of rain around here in the northwest, which is something I'm sure Tony will come on to regarding Haydock. Yeah, absolutely. We'll cover that in due course. And Kevin is back being car park. Kev, how are you, Kev? Uh, it's good to be back, Vanessa. It's good to be back. Yeah, week up at uh, Fairy House Sales on my way home now. So I, I got you halfway. Lovely. Just the job. Well, look, we appreciate your time. Uh, let's kick on with some action on ITV on Friday from Newmarket. We'll start with the Dubai Stakes, the Group 3, over the one mile, four furlongs. And Dan, let's kick off with you at the moment. See, see Silk Road is the favourite here at six <laughs> to five. Don't know what is going on with me. Sorry, frog in my throat. Uh, my question to you, Dan, is what is her trip? Is this her trip back at the 12 furlongs now? I think it is, but then you see that they fitted a tongue strap and you see that she's priced up on the sportsbook at six to five. Doesn't need much persuasion to look elsewhere, I don't think. Um, I th- I'm i not going to be going overboard in this race at all, but the one I thought was definitely overpriced was the absolute rag of the field, Queen oh. of the Skies. Ran twice um, earlier in the year and both races are really strong form. Um, the maiden win worked out well and then we didn't see her for three months she came back and finished behind a stable mate she was clearly second string in a so-so listed race at Yarmouth but I almost get the impression that was a means to an end and she's going up in trip for the first time with a hood to help her settle better she's a lope de vega out of a half sister to a man three quarters winner um so there's definitely stammer in the pedigree and 20 no 25s eight runners um And a Favu, I don't know. I'd want a few more pieces in place to be taking that price. Yeah, I would agree with that in terms of taking on the favourite. And Tony, you can't beat that because she, Queen of the Skies, is a 25 to 1 rank outsider as things stand right now. But where did you land in this race? Yeah, um, that was one of mine. Um, all the reasons Dan said. And obviously, the first time hood angle is something that the Gosnells excel with, uh, most recently with Trawler Man and Mimic You. And uh, yeah, they, since uh, they since they've uh, partnered up, they're six and thirteen with a first time hood, which is a was it free wind one as well that you were discussing on Monday? Uh, not can't remember offhand, but Mimic You was the one that was backed in from twenties to thirteen to two when winning uh, last time. That was that was a very high profile one. But yeah, so obviously they know what they're doing with this headgear. The other fascinating one, it's been the one for money so far, is Royal Scandal uh, in from 14s to uh, to 10s. Um, obviously, he's got very little. She's got very little chance on the bear rating, but that mark of 89 probably doesn't do her justice, does it? Um, even though the Kempton win last time didn't work out particularly well. But the angle with this filly is she was actually going to run at Doncaster on the Saturday abandoned card. Um, in a handicap of 89, but they've decided to come here. But when you look at the breeding, Dabari out of the stables, uh, Phillies and Mares win a seal of approval, suggesting she's got to be a lot better than 89. And the and the early money for that is is probably not surprising because like Dan, I think the first two in the market are um, a bit underpriced. Oh, interesting. So 10 to 1 shout 
with royal scandal there from Tony and in agreement in regards Queen of the Skies as well. Kevin, do you have anything else to add? We should probably mention the Godolphin filly, Eternal Pearl. She has to carry the penalty, the Group 3 penalty, but she's second best in the market at 5-2 to two currently. Uh, forget about Eternal Pearl, Vanessa. Just forget okay. about her. Um, Royal, okay, Scan- Royal Scandal is the one I like. Um, she was very impressive at Kempton. Closing section was very good, particularly good. Um, and as TC alluded to, like her pedigree is all about stamina. Um, seal of approval won the, the Phillies and Mares back nearly 10 years ago now. And she's by Dubawi, so um, she'll get further than this, I'd say. But she's, she's not slow. And look, this is a big step up a class. She'd be an absolute lock off 89 in a handicap. But I wouldn't be shocked now if she's capable of getting in the mix here. And, um, you know, with, with, with her remaining a double figure price, just about um, that'll do for me. Yeah, I'll buy that as well. Then. There you go. God, all in. Um, and with everyone's given this one the seal of approval. Oh, <laughs> God. Some God. Very good. Easy points there. Why are you fitting so well, Kevin? You should be doing my job, Kev. Um, Right, guys, before we move on to the Rockwell, don't forget that on Friday, Betfair have an offer for you. It's get a £10 free bet when you bet £10 worth on multiples on the Friday's racing. So bet £10, get £10 free bet on multiples. That's the offer on Friday. We can roll on to the Rockfell, the Phillies Group 2. Um, big field in this. And commissioning is the 7-4 favourite. One from one so far. Impressed but shocked connections on debut, Dan. Surely we're taking her on at the price. Um. Yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am. Come on, um, come on. A bit more conviction than that, Dan. Yeah, it, it's just that the one I'm going for, I mean, it, to be honest, this looks fairly weak, doesn't it? Or certainly on bare form. Maybe they'll improve to that sort of level. Not many of these, if any, have run to the sort of level you normally is required to win a race like this. I was inclined to, as you say, swerve the shorty um, when, as you say, there wasn't loads of money. Havlin on a short one. Dancing the grass, I thought, might be worth another chance. But this, again, would be smallish stakes. Um, was really good first couple of starts. And Johnson's had a few of these this season, hasn't he? Maintaining unbeaten records for two or three runs. But then blew out completely in the May Hill. It's not exactly atypical of Johnson to turn one out quickly anyway, but the fact that he is suggests they don't think there was a great deal wrong with her. She showed a fair bit of speed um, to go with the stamina to win those first two races over seven, back at seven here after trying the May Hill. That would be my token suggestion. Obviously, Johnson also runs one of our favourite horses, Lakota Sue, who on a hot day, you'd want to be stood behind her, wouldn't you? Because that tail goes around like the clappers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very well put that is, is i like the way you put a positive spin on what she does with the tail in throughout her she race. might just take off one day imagine she might just yeah she might just exactly um dance in the grass for dan at 12 to 1 a tentative poke one for cracksman first season sire cracksman who you'd expect his horses are going to be improving this autumn and she might just be one of them given what he did at the back end while well, he only made his debut in October. Um, Kevin, where did you land in this? Cracksman. Rich. Um, ah, was... Cracksman again. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one. Um, Rich, we haven't seen her for age. I really liked her debut with Newbury and was very good on the clock that day. Um, form hasn't been working out too bad. And um, look, there's clearly been a reason why she's disappeared. That's probably not a positive one, but 
Um, one would hope that, that Richard will have her ready to go after whatever went wrong in the meantime. Um, and, you know, with her pedigree being as it is, you'd hope she'd, uh, she'd be one that's better for, for time and distance. And, um, yeah, Newbury stamped her as a really nice filly, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing her back. Yeah, she is interesting. 115 days off the track. I think at the time after a Newbury win, they were talking about Royal Ascot with her. But like you say, um, something's gone amiss. But looking forward to seeing her back indeed. Tony, over to you. Where did you land? Um, talking about crossing some first-time hoods, obviously the, the favourite commissioning oh, yes. running the first-time headgear uh, on debut. So she's probably a little bit quirky. And um, she did race away on her own on the far side when winning that day. So... Maybe a big field battle may not be for her. And obviously, seven to four, you can easily pass her by. It's not my kind of race, but I think you are looking for an interest with the sports book playing four places. If you want to keep it simple, Olivia Morauda's got the best form. She's got the best time figures um, since being stepped up to seven furlongs. She's won by seven lengths and finished a three-quarter length second to meditate in the debutant stakes. And I was quite pressed by the attitude of Sydney Arms Chelsea when she went in uh, one at, uh, in Deauville last time in a group three. But you can pick holes in the, that form, big holes, because I think the next four in the next four home behind her have all got stuff since. But at 10 to 1, four places, maybe she would be the bet for me um, if I was going to get involved with 10 to 1 each way, four places, Sydney Arms Chelsea. OK, a few tentative bets from the boys then in the Rockfell Stakes. Um, definitely not the best two-year-old race we'll see this weekend, but we'll get on to those in due course. Let's move on to the Joel Stakes, the Group 2 over the mile. Potter Pova for Sir Michael Stout had that good winner today in Newmarket. Ryan Moore up in the saddle, 5-2 to two favourite at the moment. I feel like she's, I mean, I know she was back on track last time, but I just feel she's a little bit disappointing. Uh, whereas Tempest is the opposite of that, Dan. He improved £20 from January till now, this horse. Looks for his fourth win on the bounce as a six-year-old. I love mm. that. I love that. Yeah, same. And either, when you you can be grizzled in this game, can't you? But there are certain sort of equine stories that do do really cheer you and restore your faith in it. Um, uh, nobody was more disappointed with Potspova than me, than I was at Sandown, because I backed the runner-up Grand Am, looked like <laughs> she had the race won. Probably went for home a bit too soon, but I do think the winner at the same time did well. Um, it's a pretty familiar tale at Sandown, isn't it? They'll come a bit wider and challenge late and on the round track and it can it can pay off. But there were horses that were in a similar position to her, didn't make anything like the same headway. Bounce the Blues was one and she won the other day. Um, Mise en scène tried to come from a similar position didn't it, and didn't manage it. And it was such an irresistible run from two furlongs to the line. Didn't see the closing sectional specifically, but she must have been clocking rapid Um rapid times for the last couple of furlongs. So I thought she was the way to go again. If that is a signal that she's now on the right path, maybe it isn't, but if that is a signal, just think she might be better than these. Mutter Sarbeck's been disappointing. He gets beaten at a short price all the time. <laughs> Tempest will face competition from Pogo. Oscula, who's been another star this season, she'll probably be in the firing line as well. I hope there's enough pace for Potapova. That was my concern. Okay. Potapova, five to two. Tony, what about you? I was looking to get with Potapova, uh, but the okay. 11 to 2 earned the week and the field didn't cut up that much. And I'm very disappointed by the price of 5 to 2, given the inconsistent profile. Um, and I think they might, I think she needs a, a bit more ease in the ground. Now, there is a, currently, there is there is a little bit of rain forecast, but it's all up in the air at the moment. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. 
Um, you know, as Dan said, that sound, she reproduces that sound down form. You know, the third and the fifth have come out and won group threes. The sixth in the race only got beaten the nose in the listed race. So the form's really strong. I thought she was really, um, I thought she was probably the best horse in the race at Epsom early in the year as well. But she's got two blots uh, on her dance card, didn't she? So given the inconsistency, given the doubt about the the ground as, as we speak, I can let her go on back to five to two. But if she if she drifted, to, if there was a bit of rain around and she drifted to seven to two plus, I'll be in a pot of polar camp. Okay, pot of over, but only at a slightly bigger price, given, like you say, that inconsistent profile. Uh, let's move on to the Saturday, guys, where once again, uh, Betfair have the offer with the multiples. If you bet £10, you get a free £10 bet on multiples on Saturday with Betfair. So bear that in mind. Um, we kick off on the Saturday with the Royal Lodge at Newmarket. Just the four in this for the Group 2 over the mile. Um, let's keep it simple, boys. Just flying on us at eight to fifteen currently. Does he just win, Dan? Yeah, I wanted to come in cold on this race because I, I just knew I wouldn't be having a view in it, and I knew it'd be a sharp price. Best pedigree, best form, progressive, and I know they're all last time out winners, but yeah, he does stand out to me. Um, is it as simple as that, Kev? We've got Greenland in here for Aidan O'Brien, and you just get the impression this isn't this horse isn't anywhere near one of the top notches for Aidan, yet he's putting it in here in a Group 2 race. He's keeping the, so many others under wraps at home for bigger pots. Uh, look, I don't mind this horse. Um, look, I think he's been a slow burner. Um, even when he was winning, like he was still showing signs of inexperience in front. Um, I think he'll give the Fav a race, but I thought the Fav looked very, looked very classy last time. Uh, and might just be kind of too sharp at this stage for for Greenland, um. So yeah, it's kind of a a no bet really. You know, with with the five round kind of eight to fifteen or so. Just yeah, a side about- note: Aiden's recent winners in this have been eights and sixteen. So it almost sent, probably ties in what you're saying, Vanessa, that he doesn't run the bona fide stars in this. No, no, definitely not, Tony. Um, any strong view in this with this red yeah, hot favorite? Uh- Aiden had four in this race, and this one was probably the weakest of the four on form, and he runs he runs that here. So I don't know whether he's doing the archetypal sighter to see where see where he stands. But yeah, the favourite is the only eight to fifteen, uh, eight to thirteen was snapped up, eight to fifteen best now. I wouldn't go overboard about the form being Frank last time by the by the runner up uh, of that Salisbury win because that Salisbury form. You have a look. I mean, the third got stuffed off a mark of eighty nine, and the fourth got well chinned off a mark of 79 so maybe that form isn't as good as it looks but you have to think um he'll be good enough to win this it's disappointing with you all isn't it reckon we can get tc to lengthen the odds on something this season that's my one of my aims it's not it wouldn't be his normal style but no, no, I, would this be a candidate no, <laughs> I, want, I want them to do shorten the odds where there's a big odds on poke and you can get. I want. I want to back a big odds on poke to win by less than the length and stuff like that. That'll be. That'll be. That'll be. That would interest me. And I'm being serious there as well. There you go. One, I'm one for the boss things. to get get stuck into for us. Um, let's move on first. Well, the Group One action at Newmarket is the Cheveley Park Stakes over the six furlongs, and I think we've got a good renewal of this. Dan meditate at the top of the market two to one. Obviously, she lost her unbeaten record, but only to a very good horse when we last saw her. Uh, but she takes on Trillium. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Trillium nine to four for the Richard Hannon Yard uh, comes here off the back of obviously beating Platinum Queen and going up in trip. It's a fascinating contest. Are you are you as as 
invigorated by this as oh, I am. Absolutely, yeah. And you don't like two-year-old races? Yeah, I just feel like this has to get you excited. Yeah, but we're supposed to not mention that when we've got a day of two-year-olds and yeah. I'm supposed to be giving <laughs> tips in them. Pretend <laughs> very mature two-year-olds these, though, aren't they? They're basically three-year-olds now. Um, I, I mean, Trillium is... That, that Flying Childers was just a just a brilliant race to watch, brilliant. wasn't it? And yeah. I got the impression that Dobbs thought he was going going to go and pick up the Platinum Queen straight away. He was almost taking a pull, wasn't he? And it turns out she's a really doughty battler, the runner-up, and it was only on the post he got there. She's already won at six, but she's fast. And it was speed that impressed me most with Meditate last time because the winner to here is an absolute flying machine. <laughs> but I was still impressed by how meditate went away from the pack initially like the 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 speed she showed to get away from them and whilst i mentioned one of the earlier races maybe falling into the lap of a patiently ridden one in potapova here you know trillium we waited with the look to come late maybe she'll just cruise past but just see meditate having got the rail or something like that and just being in a slightly better position and with that form over seven furlongs once the the speed ball gets to her, then she's got to get past. And I wouldn't be surprised if Meditate had a bit more to give. I, I've got to be honest, I was hoping we might be second favourite, given Trillium's had a lot of spoken about her. But I suppose with that to hear reform, that was never going to happen. No, she finds herself at the top of the market. Um, Kevin, are you with Dan that you think that this Meditate, like Dan said, might just get a better position, get first run on the likes of Trillium and the rest of the field? Yeah, look, it's a possibility, um, but but I do like Trillium. Um, I do like Trillium. Um, like I, I think the Platinum Queen is a is a real one, and five is her trip, and this one was able to pick her up um, over that distance. You know, I think that was really to her credit. And I'm um, getting back to six, so I wouldn't have any worries about it all. I think it might just suit her, to be honest, as well. So, um, look, she's been busy, um, but she's she's very very likable. And I'd be hopeful. Look, it's fantastic this race because it's bringing together a lot of a lot of really relevant form lines. So I think we'll have a very good idea of where we are um, with a, a certain Irish star called uh, Tahira as well. Once we see Meditate here again, back over six, but a trillion will do for me. Yeah, Livy Meralda too on Friday. That's quite a big potential form clue, isn't it? Yeah, all the two-year-old form lines coming together nicely. Uh, Tony. Are we just are we we've only focused on top two in the market thus far? Anything else below them that you I might think, like in this? I think there might be a bit of recency bias here. We're swinging along available as big as sixes. I think I think they're exactly the bit of sevens in the marketplace as well. I think obviously people looking at her uh, net defeat of Queen Me in the Lauva and seeing Queen Me disappointing, only finishing third on Saturday. But I think that might be a mistake. Um, she travelled really well throughout that race, and I think she was, you know maybe value for a bit more than that. And and even if you look at the Queen Me form on Saturday, obviously Barefoot Angel won that race. And who beat Barefoot Angel by six lengths at Whiffen previously? Yeah, no none other than Swing Along. So um a two-year-old race, really trappy. I fancy meditate over Trillium at the top of the market. But if I was going to have a bet, it would be Swing Along each way at sixes. Okay, swing along to prove that the Lowther was no fluke at all. And um, on to the Colts, guys. Blackbeard at the top of the middle part market, group one again. And his antics before the race, Dan hasn't stopped him thus far. And he's looking for a fifth win this as a two year old, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Six, um, I think. I think he's going for six. six. Is it? Sorry, he's that far six. already, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, 
I mean, are we, are we taking him on? He is currently nine to four. Marshman next best at five to two. Mischief Magic in there at seven to two. Is he is he the rightful favourite and the right price? I don't think he is, no. I think the best form on offer is the Jim Crack second of Marshman because I think Noble Style is... Am I wrong to say he's the best six furlong colt we've seen so far this season? Well, the way would he picked, agree. Big fan. The way he picked up Marshman. Noble I, Style. Well, I think Little Big Bear is quite good, isn't he? Yeah, that's, that's why we <laughs> go into the floor. That, that said, if they run against each other, I don't think there'd be a great deal between them. Uh, money. I know he's out for the season, but people forgetting how good he is. He's a hundred yeah. great juvenile, for God's sake. People yeah. people going on about that variant horse at the weekend say, oh, he's probably the best two I've seen out of the season. Give your head a shake, for God's sake. <laughs> it's always recency bias. It's always recency bias. Go, Dan. So you're with Marshman. Carl Burke, are you worried about the form of the yard a little bit? I won't lie. It hadn't even occurred to me. I didn't know there was okay. cause to be concerned. If there was, I'll take that on board. But yeah, he, he, remember two starts back. It was only a thirst grace, but he did look out of the ordinary. And then they backed him into fate. He went off fav over noble style in the gym crack. Thought he emerged with lots of credit there. And I'm interested in Kez's view on this because of his experience in and around horses. But is this, is Blackbeard's party piece going to boil over to something a bit worse at some point? Or is that just him? Yeah, I don't think it can get loads worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he, he, he could does, do a cartwheel. He, well, he does what he does, and it doesn't seem to affect him as such. And if it is affecting him, he, he probably is as good as Little Big Bear because he's run it to a very high level despite it, you know? So I think it's just the character. I think he's just being a bit different, uh, like that way from when he was a young horse, from what I gather. So it's just him. And while it kind of makes for alarming viewing if you're not familiar with him we've seen enough of it now to know it's not really something to worry about he's gone and won a group one despite doing it so you know just one of those things just strap in and enjoy the enjoy the, the dramatics beforehand but uh once he gets into stalls and out he's 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 a1 and in fairness to him like he's really come on run to run this season like he looked um like he'd real greenness in everything he did first time out at Dundalk and he's just got better and better and more professional um as the season has gone on once the races are underway and look he beat Persian Force fair and square last time they rematch here again Russell Ryan's back on Persian Force like I love it the jockey I don't know what's going on there it's been (laughs) the weirdest season for jockeys and trainers and owners and shenanigans and uh but the very the very best look to Ross I think it'd be quite funny if nothing else if he managed to win and I have loved Persian Force I have loved Persian Force all the way through but um just in terms of the draw, maybe he'll get a better cut at it than he did in Deauville, but um, I, I'd be inclined for, for Blackbeard to uphold that form. Um, and that was my view. Marshman, the form is there, um, but I, I, for me, I was marking Noble style up notably that day because from where he came from, Marshman was up there all the way and that was kind of the preferred place to be in positional terms at that meeting. And I just marked up Noble Style as being significantly better than the bare result. So um, as much as I like Noble Style, I wouldn't be reading it too uh, as literally as the form book would, would encourage you to with Marshman. So um, Blackbeard will do for me, Vanessa. Okay, Blackbeard for you, nine to four. Um, Marshman for Dan, five to two. And then it's over to you, Tony. I mean, I personally, I'd love to see Persian Force win, not just for the fact that Ross is back on, but he's been so consistent all season from early doors all the way through. And then last couple of times, he deserves a good one. He deserves a big one. That owner must be an absolute nightmare 
to ride for, wasn't he? You know, and 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 to train for. I know he spends a lot of money, but he's not shy of moving them around trainers as well as his jockeys. But um, no, I, I can see any number of horses winning this race. I thought um, when the Betfair Sports Talk went up, they made uh, Mischief Magic of the five to one chance and not surprised that got cut into fours and got cut again into seven to two because uh, he was devilishly impressive at Kempton last time. I know it's a, I know this is a big step up against group one and group two winners, but you know, he was really impressive in the Cyrenia uh, and the seconds come out and finished um, a head second in the fur for Clyde on, on Saturday. So it's got some substance as well, the form as well. So, yeah, um, if you if you push me, maybe mischief magic, but like I said, the fives is into seven to two, so that's probably my betting interest ended. And and if they were, if you were betting on, you know, an outsider to be beaten less than a certain number of lengths, I do think never just a dream um, oh, will, yeah. will outrun his odds because I was really impressed with him at Newcastle last time. I know he finished last in the gym crack when cutting out the running, uh, but I was quite impressed with him last time. Mm. I don't think it was a bad bad time either. And, now, I can see him outrunning his Aussie 66s and I think it might be a bit of 80s in the place, actually. But no, um, if you ask me for a winner, maybe Misty Magic. If you ask me for a bet, I'd probably be passing. Yeah, fair enough. Well, let's stick with you then, Tony, when we move on to the Cambridgeshire. Big autumn, one of the big autumn handicaps to get stuck into. Um William Haggis with the top two in the market at the moment. He's got protagonist in there at seven to one, and then the favourite Mushtaba at four to one for Jim Crowley in the saddle. Shadwell Silks again. Uh, are we expecting another big Saturday winner for them, Tony? Uh, obviously they they've got their chances, haven't they? Um, but this is a this has been a really massive draw race in recent years. I mean, in the last seven years all the, the winners have come from stall 21 upwards. Um, and if wow. you have a look, and if you have a look at all the pace in this race, I can't see any pace lower than drawn 11. Uh, and there's pace from 11 to 26. So I think you want to be drawn middle to high. So that would worry the likes of protagonist in three. Mitch Towers, I think is really nicely drawn in, in 16, but hopefully uh, savvy victory is as well. Now I put up anti post at tens early in the week, still tens with a sports book. That's the top price. Um, and I'm just hoping they get some rain for him. Uh, he has got form on soft uh, on fast ground, but they seem to want some dig for him. I think there's a little bit forecast, but he, he's up in the air. Um, but uh, so hopefully they will get some rain. Other than that, he's got loads going for him. He's got good course form. I put him up when he was third at 16 to one against a couple of fair sorts of, on the course early in the season. Enlisted company doesn't stay in mile four when they try to be in group company. And I just think he travels really well throughout his races. I think the step down to a mile one uh, in a big field uh, will suit him. And and he was really impressive at, at Goodwood last time uh, when held up um, off the pace. And yeah, I can. He's one of the few in here, along with the Haggis pair, that are, you can actually call progressive. Uh, uh, so he's my main. He's my main bet. But I'm probably going to have a couple of savers on two horses win only, only because of the headgear stats. One is Saibin Sewell's Night of Luxury, first time hood. He's got, in recent years, he's got 40% strike weight, 4-0, 40% strike weight with first time hoods. Uh, and this horse didn't stay last time over a mile four. Uh, previously, one is a previous two over a mile two. So he's, he is progressive. Uh, like I said, the headgear stats just absolutely phenomenal. Like Godolphin not just are absolutely mustered with uh, first time headgear. And Beckett's got a six. Uh, if you bet Beckett, Beckett's horses and first time blinkers you, in recent years, you'd be over 60 quid up. 
hoping Spaycaster does the business at uh, Haydock on, on Friday and first time blinkers, but he puts the blinkers on Lucanda for the first time. I think he's been holding them back for this race. Finished second, Lucanda finished second in the race a couple of years ago when he finished second to the, um, you know, all the way winner, wide margin winner, Majestic Dawn. Hasn't been running badly over a mile or two recently, but yeah, I, I can see him going well off of a mark of 98, which he's won really well off before, including in this race two years ago. Again, he probably won a bit more rain as well, as well, well, a savvy victory, but yeah, savvy victory for me is the main one. And I would have a couple of big price win only uh, saves on the exchange, maybe 33 to one plus on New Canada and Night of Luxury. Okay, nice way to play it. A couple of big price horses and savvy victory at 10 to 1 as well. Dan, we finally moved away from the two-year-olds, so come on, you've got to have a strong view in this. Uh, not not especially <laughs> strong, but it's a horse I've put up a couple of times, and I put him up last time in the triple time race at Haydock that cut up, but you could clip t- the, the intro to Tony's bit then and just play it again for me because the first things I noted you want to be high you probably want to be patiently ridden because there's loads of pace there and I'm going with Perotto with maybe um, the champion jockey in waiting Billy Lee taking the ride that caught my eye first off Um, he's only four pounds higher than when he won a Britannia and in short I just don't think these silly little conditions races show him to best advantage and go back to the Haydock race and he made a move early in the straight to take over looking like he might win it. But I just think he went for home too soon. He wants covering up and delivering late and not a bad man to have on board if you're hoping to do that. So Perotto, an absolutely massive prize and I'd echo agreement with savvy victory amongst the shorter odds because he cantered through that Goodwood race in a properly run race. And I think riding impatiently is a massive, massive key to his improvement. Okay. Toronto at big prices and agreement with Savvy Victory. Kevin, do you have a quick view in the, on this? Yeah, Savvy Victory. TC's outlined the case. I think he's been crying out to go a bit shorter and a race like this with loads of pace. Ride him with patience, deliver him late. Should show him to really good effect. And yeah, I, I, I quite fancy him actually. They okay. do want rain. They, I know he's got four more fast ground. It sounds like they really do want rain. So hopefully they'll, I think they'll run anyway, but you prefer a bit, a bit of rain for him. Okay, well, we'll pray for do the rain dance, but he's currently 10 to 1 and all the boys are in agreement. Um, Let's move on to a bit of action from Haydock. Um, Dan, we'll come to you here. The 205, the old Boston handicaps over the mile. It's paying four places with Betfair. Um, You've got some rogue operators in here, actually, but you're looking for horses, well, at Haydock this weekend. It's the old cliche, back to the horses would have been the soft ground form, isn't it? Yeah, I won't back anything that hasn't got its 10-metre badge. That's what I'm um, basing my punting on this weekend. Um, To be fair, the one I'm going to mention here hasn't actually proved himself fully on soft ground, but I've had it in my head for a while that he'll benefit from it the way he races. That's Montesib for Haggis. Fingers burnt for me and Brendan when he was, I mean, he he was the wrong price when we did the preview for that. I think it was, was it Shergar Cup Day? Um, and he went off very heavily backed and just couldn't get into it on quick ground. He did his best work late on, but it wasn't good enough. I like the break angle. Bear in mind, he had a long time off prior to his return, so he's effective fresh. I mentioned Haggis last week, his record with horses coming back from a break lately, how prolific he's been. And I do. he just strikes me as a massive, strong galloping horse who will be well suited by some cuts in the ground. I don't see many progressive ones in this. 
No, absolutely. Uh, Tony, where did you land in this? It's it's like Dan said, tricky to find that progressive type who might be still ahead of the handicapper here. No, I, I went the other way. I think um, oh. I think Young Fire thirty three to one four places with a sports book is absolutely oh. massive. Now I'm going to wait until tomorrow before backing him, which is probably not ideal because this is going out on Thursday night probably. But um, I do want to see how much rain they, they've fallen at Haydock because this horse really does need soft ground. But when he gets soft ground and he gets Haydock, he, he, is, he, is, he is a fair old tool. And off a mark of 94, he's got a massive chance here. Now, you can forget his last two runs uh, on the all-weather because he doesn't like it at Newcastle. Um, he got he dropped £4 for a run at York previously. Um, and you can forgive that because he was coming out of draw, draw 20, went wide all around the outside and they didn't really persevere with him. Off a mark of 94, he's he's very, very interesting. Uh, he's got four course form figures of 711314. Um, with the four places off this off this mark, um, he's got an excellent chance. I mean, he, if he reproduces his fourth to Tackery Bay here in July, um, then he'll go very, very close. And the other one that stands out for me um, as a win-only bet is one ease. Now, this horse is 14s across the board and a road 20s in the place. Um, now, I don't get the 14 to 1 at all. Now, this horse was described as mentally a bit soft when he won at Sandown on his day, on his reappearance. And he actually swept through there like a really, really good horse. Then he went off, uh, he went off a 7 to 1 chance for the Britannia and finished six there. And obviously, that's red hot handicap ball. Uh, and being asked to take twice the price now. Um, after one poor run at Goodwood, where you can always forgive a horse a poor run at Goodwood. But the crucial factor is if he has a bit a bit soft mentally, it has been hard to train. The gelding operation he's had since Goodwood could be able to be the making of him. Now, I think in, in talent terms, he's far better than his handicap mark. And if he comes back to the Sandown win or the Ascot run, then he could make 40 and the gelding operation has worked and they are, they're not looking at, you know, um, not looking at uh, you know prices down the line, and he's ready here and now. Fourteens is used, twenties is silly. Um, yeah, young young fire for me. Each way thirty threes. If it's still there when you listen to this, and one ease went only at fourteens. Okay, big prices up at Haydock. Then one more race to go from Haydock. The two forty. Uh, the pig at handicap over five furlongs. Uh, paying five places at the moment with Betfair. And at the top of the market, Dan, is equality at four to one. Alligator Alley next best at five to one. Uh, Count Dorsey in there at sixes. Again, another wide open, trappy looking contest as far. I'd be, I'd be swerving this one, but you're not allowed to because you're on here as a pundit. So give us a few, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, my, I was first drawn to Count Dorsey on the phone book and the handicap mark and then going back to something that Kev references that I've really absorbed, it's just that idea of being drawn one in a sprint. It's just awkward, isn't it? Or or an either wing, whether he settles or not, is a is a different matter. I think his form last time is the strongest in the race. But I'm going to go with um, Show Me, Show Me from the other end. He's 14, so he's got two outside him. But he's he nearly won at Pontefract despite missing the break on heavy ground last season. He's been better the last twice on all weather, admittedly, but I don't think going back on soft turf is a problem. And I was just keeping it quite simple, which horses have shown themselves effective um, on bad ground and are on a fair mark. And he was one of them. Okay. Um, 
let's move away from Haydock and try and cover a bit of the current. And I say try because I think, Kevin Blake, have we lost you or are you still with us? You're just being very smug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's a goner. He's a goner. That needs He's to be goner, up on socials. Um, unfortunately, uh, we're on this Zoom call, so obviously we get uh, the vision and Kevin Blake had just paused there, a rather unfortunate angle but unfortunately he is gone car park cab is a goner um boys i don't think you had anything to add from the car did you so okay lads so that wraps up the show just about the only thing left to do is naps please um tony i will come to you first uh who is your nap i would if i knew there was going to be a little bit of rain or some overwatering at newmarket i'd tip savvy victory but as it stands, I'm going to split my stakes in the 205 at Haydock on Saturday, and I'm going to go with Young Fire and Wanis. Okay, nice. Like it, like it a lot. Dan, your nap, please. No, no, no I'm not joking. I was going to go 205 Haydock Montesiv. <laughs> uh, no, because, because my my strongest instinct is that meditate will be too will be too strong a stay for Trillium. So I'm going with meditate, please. Okay, we will allow that. Um, And that about wraps up the show. Don't forget the things that are on offer with Betfair over the weekend on Friday and Saturday. If you bet £10 on multiples, you get a free £10 bet on multiples. So keep your eyes peeled for that offer with Betfair. Uh, And that is Kev has added, V, Kev has quickly added his text message. His nap is Savvy Victory win only. There we go. Savvy Victory at 10 to 1. And there's so much positivity around Savvy Victory. I like it a lot. Um, right, lads, thank you very much as always. And thank you guys for listening. Do enjoy the weekend. Gamble responsibly and join us again on Monday for Wade In, where we will, of course, be reviewing all the action. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Bye.